0: Welcome to this week's episode of Business Wise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system, discovered and developed by humanitarian, philosopher, and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. I would imagine if you haven't already experienced it yourself in your own organization, or one that you've been part of in the past, you've probably observed a great group or organization start to fall apart. And as a matter of fact, quite often this appears uh, in sports teams. You'll have this dynasty or you'll have a sports team and it starts to fall apart. And it quite often this appears to be caused by the loss of one of the vital players on the team. That's actually not what's happening. And uh, it's actually not true that the decline comes from the loss of the person. The decline comes from the loss of what that person was doing. It's a very important distinction to make. You're losing the the guy or the gal, you're losing that person, but what you're losing is the effectiveness that they have at whatever their role is. That, for whatever reason, is not being passed along. Now, there's a reason for that, and there's a remedy for that. It's in the Hubbard Management System. And it's the third point of group sanity from Mr. Hubbard's famous article entitled Group Sanity, and that's uh, from 14 December 1970. And this is where he lists out, as I've mentioned in my earlier episodes in this series, we've been tackling these one by one. There's eleven points of group sanity, or where they're out, of course, insanity. And we've already discussed the first two, which was hiring and training. So these are the first two points of breakdown generally in groups. What Mister Robert refers to as the points of success and failure. So as he says here in the reference, as he starts it out, quote, the points of success and failure, the make and break items of an organization are one hiring, two training. And now that we're on to the third point, before I introduce it, I'm just going to say that this is, you know, we often hear uh, members discuss or business owners discuss problems in hiring. We hear them talk about problems in training. These are two sort of familiar issues This third one is almost completely foreign to people in the business world. They don't necessarily say, wow, we're really missing in this third point. You know, we're really missing out on this third point. It's one of those terms that should be as much a part of the vernacular or the vocabulary, if you will, of the hybrid management system as such terms as organizing boards, statistics, conditions, these various different aspects that we're pretty familiar with. If you're familiar with Hubbard management at all, you're, you're pretty familiar with those terms. But this term is also a critical term, one that should be at the tip of your tongue, just like any of these other points, because it's that important. It is the point that will give you expansion into the future, despite any losses of personnel, because with this concept in place, You may lose personnel, but you'll never lose function. And that's the critical thing. That is what you're missing. If you view it from that perspective, that you're not losing a person, you're losing a function or a a competency level in a certain area. If you view it from that perspective, you can start to see solutions to this. And if you implement this solution, and this solution is a personnel solution, and in my experience, personnel is so badly handled that almost all personnel solutions that Mr. Hubbard presents in his management system tend to be a bit counterintuitive because they're all, you know, the tendency is to do them wrong so often that that sort of becomes the accepted way things are. You know, you know, it's just like hiring is bad these days, you know, or training is, you know, I don't know how these guys won't learn or, you know, there's, there's these weird perspectives, like what's the point of training people you know, they don't stay. You know, th- th- these kinds of false datums, if you will, enter into the business world and they just become accepted. And uh, there's no reason for them to be accepted. They shouldn't be accepted because they're false. And Mr. Robert is presenting true data, but when you hear it, you're going to go, huh? Like it's going to tend to go against conventional wisdom, if you want to call it conventional. conventional wisdom in quotation marks, because it's not very wise at all. Okay. I'm not trying to be funny and connecting it up with wise, but they are not wise solutions. The wise solutions are in the hybrid management system. And so now I'm going to introduce this term and I hope you're all sitting down because it's probably not what you're expecting. And the term is, because this is the third point of group sanity and of course where it's out in sanity, the third point is apprenticeships. Now you're probably thinking to yourself, what? What is an apprenticeship anyway? Isn't that something they used to use in the Middle Ages? Or, you know, what's an apprenticeship? I mean, it's that unfamiliar in the business world. And yet it should be as familiar as hiring and training and any of these other points promotion, delivery, apprenticeships should be right up there. It's one of those vital functions, one of those vital points that drop out and cause insanity in groups because individuals are not getting apprenticed. All right, so let's take a look at the word apprentice in the English dictionary. So uh, we'll we'll go with Mr. Oxford here. He says, an apprentice is a person who is learning a trade from a skilled employer, having agreed to work for a fixed period at low wages. And then they give the example, an apprentice electrician. And then it's got a verb definition, which is to employ someone as an apprentice. So the person is going to work underneath a more skilled person to learn a trade or a skill and that person is an apprentice and it comes from latin apprehendere which you can probably figure that out that comes from apprehend which is from old french apprendre which is learn and um, old french apprentice or apprenti probably is the correct pronunciation and so it comes from "apprendre," which means learn and, uh, yeah, so to learn, you're an apprentice, you're learning, you're, you're understanding things, you're apprehending things as an apprentice. Okay. And so you go, well, all right, that's a term we haven't heard, uh, that much of seems like a bit of a dated word. Are we really doing apprenticeships these days? Yes, we are. Uh, you're supposed to be. So let's just go into the article. So it starts here. He says, uh, this is point number three of the points of group And he says. The most successful industries, activities, and professions of earlier centuries were attained by training the person as an apprentice, permitting him to understudy the exact job he would hold for a long period before taking the post. Some European schools are seeking to revive this, but on a general basis, not as an apprentice system. And then he puts in all capital letters. Now, remember, third dynamic, he's talking about the dynamic of the urge to survive as groups. We all have it. Even the hermits sometimes miss hanging out with other people. Third dynamic is a pretty natural dynamic. And some people it gets pretty aberrated, gets pretty screwed up. But uh, people generally have a strong desire to work together in groups. And so he says a third dynamic psychosis is a denial of adequate experience to succeed. A third dynamic psychosis is a denial of adequate experience to succeed. So, yeah, we throw somebody in there. Okay, you're now the salesman. Okay, so you get out there and sell. And, of course, we all know it takes a while. Some guy gets in there, and he's not being apprenticed. He's a salesman. He's got a certificate from some sales training he did, perhaps. And he comes in there, and I'm going to sell for you now. And you put him in there, and... You know, they generally stink for the first 30 days, sometimes longer. And they're they're not being apprenticed. No one's, they're not understudying necessarily with anyone. Uh, They're expected to sort of learn it. I need a salesman, you know, guys promoting himself as a salesman. I'm going to hire this salesman. So I'm going to hire a salesman. I put a salesman on on the job and now uh, he's going to sell for me and, uh, or he's not going to sell for me. And after I've hired and fired about 10 of these guys, uh, you know, I have a decent salesman. The error here is, as he says here, this third dynamic psychosis is a denial of adequate experience to succeed. And uh, Now, maybe this guy has a bit of experience. You're lucky if you have one, but uh, you hire a salesman who's got good experience w- w- in sales and you put them on the job. They still have a ramp, uh, ramp up to learn selling for you and your product and your service generally, and they are not getting the benefit of an apprenticeship. They're not working under anybody else for generally a lower pay. and some businesses, are smart enough in some areas to do some sort of an apprenticeship. They don't usually call it that, but uh, it should be a formal term that you utilize in your business that you're bringing on people to apprentice. You're always hiring to apprentice. So what does that mean? Let me read the article for this section from Mr. Hubbard. So he says here, quote, uh, number three, apprenticeship training on post is a second stage of any training action. This is essentially a familiarization action. To have a person leave a post and another take it over with no, quote, apprenticeship, end quote, or groove-in can be quite fatal. And then Mr. Arbor describes a solution. This is what I want you to think with, okay? And this is going to be counterintuitive for you. I'm just warning you, but think with this because it, it starts to make sense. Just listen to this and start thinking with it, it will start to make sense to you. He says now, this is Mr. Hubbard, The deputy system is easily the best system. Every post is deputied for a greater or lesser period before the post is turned over and the appointment is made. When the deputy is totally familiar, he becomes a person on the post. Rapid expansion and economy on personnel tend to to injure this step. Lack of it can be very destructive. So he's making a point here. When I say to you, look, if you say to me, oh, I really need an office manager, what would you think if I said to you, you don't need an office manager, my friend, you need an office manager and a deputy office manager. You'd probably look at me like I had horns, right? Or that I'd lost my mind. But that is, strictly speaking, that is the way you build an organization that will continue to expand you're not only bringing on one, you're bringing on one plus a deputy. Ideally, the one is already has already been apprenticed because you have this deputy system in. But if you're only looking for one salesman, you should be looking for two because one is gonna act as a deputy of the other. You're, now, of course, who's apprenticing these guys initially? It's gonna be you. If you're starting a company, you wear all of those hats. To whatever extent that you can, You should be viewing whoever is starting with you as the office manager, who's ever starting with you as a salesman, who's ever starting with you as a point guard if you're building a basketball team, okay? To some extent or another, you are attempting to apprentice that person. And that person, as you are fortunate enough to to create a stable person, and almost all of you have had a stable person in one area of your organization or another, at least one or two You know, maybe you had a really good office manager, you had a really good salesperson, or you had a really good construction manager, a really good cabinet maker, or whatever it was that you had. That person, man, you got somebody there who can now apprentice another, bam, you put in a deputy right away. Right away. Now, generally, you can pay them less because part of their exchange is the apprenticeship. They're now learning. And you should use that term. You're going to be apprenticing with um, Mr. John Smith over here, who is my master cabinet maker. And, uh, I'm plugging you in as his deputy. Okay. Or, you know, here's my office manager. Her name is Sally Jones, and you are now the deputy office manager and you're going to apprentice with her. And you're not going to be making the same amount of money as Sally is, but you are going to learn. Okay. And you, you take all your key posts, your technical post, your sales posts, your marketing post. What about your marketing guy? You got this brilliant marketing guy. And he's doing all your marketing. And you're like, we're in fat city, man. Look at our expansion. This guy's doing great. And suddenly he gets hired by somebody else. <laughs> now, what are you going to do? You're going to go, oh, man, you know, we're, we're in for tough times. Not if you have the deputy apprenticeship system in. So he says, a rapid expansion and economy on personnel tend to injure the step. Lack of it can be very destructive. So it may seem expensive at first, but it's more expensive to have a lack of it. It's very destructive. So then he goes on to say this, optimally, there should be one or two deputies for every key post at all times. This is a continual apprenticeship system. So a very smart thing to do is to look over your key posts in your organization and decide which are the ones that need to be apprenticed. He says, economically, it has its limitations. One has to weigh the losses in not doing it against the cost in doing it. It will be found that the losses are far greater than the cost even though it increases personnel by at least a third for a given organization. So you may be adding another third to your payroll, but what is the loss you lose that, you know, that extraordinarily valuable player on your basketball team? You know, you you had a point guard and he's a shining star and all of a sudden he's a free agent and all of a sudden you don't have him anymore and you're going, now what are we going to do? You know, we're in for a rebuild. Not if you use the deputy system. I mean, I've never really obviously tried this with a professional sports team, but it would make sense to me that there would always be a deputy that is learning from someone who's apprenticing that person. But you know, the guy, the the star point guard probably isn't considering himself apprenticing anyone. I don't know if they think that way or they don't. I, I don't know. I haven't played professional sports, so I don't know, but I can tell you that this deputy system would work to build dynasties. It would work to build your organization. So he says when an organization has neglected it as a system, and has turned over too many posts without deputy or apprenticeship action, its economics may decay to where it can never be done. This is almost a death rattle for an organization. So the person, you know, so we're not putting in apprenticeships. We're not putting in deputies when we're doing well. Don't try to do it when you're doing terrible. Like, okay, we're, we're losing money like a sieve. Uh, let's hire some deputies. No, it, it's not particularly feasible at that point. Where should you be implementing the deputy system when you are prospering? The moment you start prospering, you should be thinking with, okay, let's get in some deputies here because we're on a roll. We've got functions going on that are very productive, very effective. We must make sure we don't ever lose these functions, even if we lose the personnel, because you will lose personnel. You can't count on personnel staying with you forever. We keep trying to sort of ding this in with the members. You know, do not expect that you're going to keep this valuable person. They could get sick they could be transferred. They could get bored and fed up. They could, they could decide we've had enough. Who knows? But I can tell you one thing you can count on, they probably will leave at some point or another, right? So if you want to, when you're prospering, put in a deputy system. That's the time to do it. So he goes on to say this, in a two century old, highly successful industry, only the apprentice system was and is used. And then he says what it is. It's the Oporto wine industry port, which is a very famous fortified wine that comes from Portugal. He says the quality of the product is all that keeps the product going on the world market. If the quality decayed, the industry would collapse. Apprenticeship as a total system maintains it. So he's describing an industry, a winemaking industry, that this is the thing that they do. I don't know, this was written some years ago, so I don't know how current this is in uh, the Oporto wine industry, but probably pretty stable. They probably are still doing apprenticeships and they're maintaining the quality. Maybe that's the only thing they have going for them, but they, they have that quality. People know when they obtain that service or product, they're going to get a very definite quality. Now, you as a WISE member or as a listener, if you're not a member, but you're, if you're paying attention to the hover Management System, you probably have quite a bit of attention on the quality of your product and your service, as you should. Now, how are you going to maintain those levels of quality by putting in the deputy and the apprenticeship system? That's how you are sure to maintain that quality. If you're running a construction company and you've got some master craftsmen with you, you better deputize uh, some people under them who work as their apprentices if you're going to maintain that quality. Otherwise, you know, they retire, they quit, they whatever, and you are going to have a period where that quality is going to go down. And that's going to influence your progress. That's going to influence your expansion, your public relations, relation, your goodwill uh, with your customers and all the rest. This is how you avoid it, okay? Or this is how you handle it, I should say. All right, so he says here, um, certainly every executive in an organization and every technical expert should have a deputy in training. Only then could quality of organization be maintained and quality of product guaranteed. The total working organization should be on the system, actually. And whenever a person is moved up off a post, the deputy taking over, a new deputy should be appointed. The last step, appointment of a new deputy is the one that gets forgotten. So, you know, here we have have a salesman, a veteran salesman. He's doing a great job. And uh, we were smart enough to put a deputy under him when we were prospering. And that deputy is learning everything. He's facilitating him. You'll notice, by the way, that the experienced one, the guy with all the skill, his or her production will be enhanced and increased. This helps to compensate for the fact that you have now an apprentice with that person because they will, you will find they'll be way more productive with a deputy than if they were operating on their own. Okay. So now they uh, get a better job offer. They go somewhere else, they go work for the competition, let's say, and you go, well, thank goodness, you know, we have this apprentice now, and that apprentice steps right in the boots and, does a fine job of taking right over and without a hitch. But then we don't appoint a deputy to that person. That's what Mr. Hubbard's saying is uh, the step, the last step that often gets forgotten. Always put a deputy in there right away as you're prospering. Cause you, it, it's painful to try and do it when you're, when you're not. Okay. So he says failure to recruit new people over a period will surely find the whole organization declining soon solely because there is no apprentice system of deputies. The organization expands, singles out the posts, promotes some unapprenticed people, and begins to lose its economic advantage. Low pay ensues, people blow off, and then no one can be hired. It's a silly cycle, really, as it is prevented easily enough by hiring enough, soon enough, when the org, we remember org is short for organization, he says it's a silly cycle, really, as it is prevented easily enough by hiring enough, soon enough, when the org is still doing well. This is why you should always be hiring. Remember, this brings us back to group sanity point number one. Hiring. As well, I'm not hiring right now. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah, we're doing really well. Why would I hire? We're doing fine. No, that now you should be hiring. I don't need anybody right now. Yes, you do. You need deputies. You need to put people under. you. Look, you're fat right now. You're doing good right now. Hire some more folks. Keep an eye out for good people. Hire good people and put them on as deputies and get them apprenticed. So they get, you solve this issue, which is, uh, let me remind you, as he says, you solve this psychosis. A third dynamic psychosis is a denial of adequate experience to succeed. So we, we don't put in a deputy system. We don't put apprenticeship. We lose somebody. It's like, oh, got to start all over again. And you go through this and it's, it's psychotic. It's a point of insanity. We don't give them adequate time to uh, experience to succeed. So always use this. He says the rule is deputy every post and newly deputy them when promotions occur. So you promote somebody as you're expanding, you promote people, you, you promote the deputy then to take over the function. And then, of course, you put a deputy under them. And then he gives you, he, he gives you a little proviso here. He's giving you an alert. He says the most covert covert being hidden. The most covert way to get around this is just to call each person's junior a deputy, even though he has other duties. This makes it all look good on an org board. Do you have each post deputied? Oh, yes. But the deputies are just juniors with posts of their own. That's not a, see, he's making a point here. That's not a deputy system. That's not an apprenticeship system. That's a covert compliance, if you will, to the management system. Oh, yeah, we have deputies because everybody's got a junior and the juniors being the deputy. No. He says, they don't have other functions. They are full-time the deputy of that guy. He goes on to say this. A deputy is used to run the same post as it is deputied for. This means a double posting, pure and only. Then he makes this point. Listen to this. I I was making the point earlier. He says, you'd be amazed at how much production an executive post can achieve when it is also deputied. And when the principal holder of the post will use the deputy, And gen him in, gen means give him the true data on how to do stuff and gen him in, not get him to cover an empty lower post. So give me a deputy. I'm going to produce more. I'm a productive executive. I'm a productive technical person. I'm a productive cabinet maker, uh, automobile repairman. I'm competent in all these areas. You give me a deputy, you're going to see a lot more cars being fixed. You're going to see a lot more cabinets being built. I'm a great salesman. You give me a deputy, you're going to get a lot more sales. Don't give me a junior and say, that's my deputy when they have their own functions. You know, he's my uh, deputy mechanic, but he's also, you know, the, uh, you know, the shop cleaner or something like that. He's too busy cleaning the shop to learn to get ginned in, to get the information on the, on the post. So he's not really my deputy. So no, pure and only, he says, double posting, do it when you're prospering, do it as you're expanding and do it when you don't, when you think you don't need anybody, cause you do, cause people will move on. People will be promoted. You're going to expand. And you need to somehow overcome this point of insanity in groups, which is, as he says, a denial of adequate experience to succeed. Don't fall for that one. Make sure people really know their ropes. And I think even a, a sports dynasty could be built this way. Uh, not being a sports manager, but it is a third dynamic, and I'm sure it would uh, respond to the same system. You know, you got a star. Take someone who's not a star but has some promise and apprentice them and and tell the guy in charge you know tell the tell the star you're an, you know you're going to apprentice this guy i'm going to what well let me clear up what an apprenticeship is and they and you're often running okay well you may not be running a sports team but you're certainly running a business put in the deputy and apprenticeship system and you will see comfortable um, i should, probably shouldn't use that word i don't know when any real ambition is comfortable particularly but relatively shall we say comfortable consistent expansion by eliminating this third point, uh, this third point of group insanity, group sanity. Okay. All right. So that's it for this week's episode. Uh, I released a couple of bonus episodes that precede this and that go over aspects that you can now see have a lot of relevance to this. They have to do with confront. They have to do with drilling. These are all apprenticeship type actions. If you haven't listened to those earlier bonus episodes, I recommend it, but uh, you don't need to listen to those to take advantage of this episode, but uh, by all means put in Apprenticeship. Thank you very much for listening. Hope you got something out of this week's episode and we will talk to you again next week.